<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, finfanatic.com and the Fan Sided Network as well. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. The Dolphins play the Falcons this Sunday, noon central, one Eastern. The Falcons are favored by two and a half points, which I think if we saw that line before the year, we would have laughed at it. But it's been 41 days since the Dolphins have won a football game following um, last Sunday where the Dolphins lost to the Jaguars who hadn't won a game in 404 days. So the Dolphins are, are they are, every piece of criticism they deserve right now. And they probably deserve a little bit more criticism, at least in my mind for what's being talked about right now, where Paul, You've heard that you've heard the stories here, and this is getting to the point now where obviously it's more than just rumors. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle reporting that he expects a Dolphins Texans deal to be done before the trade deadline. He actually said he expected it to be done during the week, which that hasn't happened. So maybe uh, nothing is going to happen, but we'll see. He also said, John McClain also said there is a real chance that Deshaun Watson is the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins on November 7th when they play the Houston Texans in Miami. I there's so many ways to go with this here man. I I'll throw it to you. What just your your gut reaction on on do you think this is going to happen and what you think? Oh, that, that's that's a lot of different things to unpack there. Um even if it happens I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback on November 7th against the Texans. Right now, Roger Goodell and the NFL, I think, are staying out of it with everything because of the fact that basically Watson is mutually agreeing to just hang out and work out, which it sounds like he's there every day working out independently. Um, The second we start seeing him on an active roster on game day, I think that's the point that Roger Goodell turns around and goes, whoa, 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 not with all this stuff going on right now. I agree, and I, I, this is what I, I say as far as if we, if we put everything that, that he's, he's been accused of doing, the whole legal process, we put that to the side for just a minute, is 
I do not trust the Miami Dolphins, who have screwed up every offensive personnel decision over the last three years, to properly assess this risk. Okay. And two things absolutely would need to happen for me to be able to stomach this risk. Number one, you would have to know for a fact that Deshaun Watson is going to play this year. And number two, you have to know for, you have to have inside knowledge somehow. And I don't see how that's possible for that. You know, that, that these accusations here are going to be resolved. And I don't see any way how those two things are going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and for me to feel comfortable with everything hanging over him like like this, you would almost have to find a scenario, and I know some of the reports are that there's a three-team trade um, being worked on to trade Tua, but you would almost have to find a scenario where you keep Tua right now because you don't know if and or when um, Deshaun Watson is going to even be allowed to play football again. Yeah, I don't. And I've heard those same rumors, too. And those are the part that are kind of it's kind of being thrown around right now um, about how possibly like Washington or Denver may be involved, may send a pick basically the Dolphins that they use to trade that to, to Houston if you have three teams involved, I, I don't see how you protect those picks. I don't see how you put in stipulations that you're going to get that pick back. I mean, it, what you're going to you're going to trade two at a Washington, and then if it turns out he is suspended or he does go to jail, Washington doesn't have their quarterback anymore. I mean, I might be missing something on that, but I, I, I don't I don't even see how that gets pulled off. No, you you basically have to sit there and yeah, no, that that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It would have to be an independent trade, and I wouldn't. I would not move Tua this season because we're not going to know. Um, there's no magic wand that's going to clear up Deshaun Watson's legal issues between now and the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, it, well, de- definitely not. And you know, that's the that's the reason I say that the Dolphins would have to know. They would have to know that this isn't going to get cleared up by November 2nd when the trade deadline is, but it's going to be cleared up shortly thereafter. And I don't see any way that they can know that factually. And even if Watson isn't suspended now, you're exactly right. He hasn't been playing and the legal process is continuing. So there is no reason for the NFL to step in yet. When the NFL gets media pressure on this, and they will, and the Dolphins will, then you can bet Roger Goodell is going to, as in his own own words, protect the shield of the NFL in the eyes of not just the sports world, but the world in general. Yeah, and it, it's if, and there's going to be a bunch of ifs in what I'm about to say, and I know I've said something similar before, but if Stephen Ross is applying pressure internally for Deshaun Watson, Stephen Ross is a hypocrite. Uh, uh-huh. After Bullygate, where a couple of words were dropped and, you know, a blow-up doll was brought in for alignment, you know, and, like, a couple li- like a couple of things that didn't involve, you know, w- words like actual assault, um, words like sexual assault, words like, 
um, you know, everything that's being filed against Deshaun Watson right now. And then to be like, but we need that guy. Like, it just, it's mind-boggling. St- I mean, literally, he started the Rise Initiative, the Stephen Ross Rise Initiative for, you know, equality in sports and things like that. And to turn around and be like, yeah, but about that, that guy, get him now. Right, right. I, I, I'm 100% with you. I, you could not have said it any better than that. I mean, and, and the thing is, too, is what we know, what we know right now about Deshaun Watson is that he hired personal masseuses and he claims everything was consensual. That is a best case scenario that we're talking about, even if everything else gets thrown out. So at the very in, in a best case scenario, the guy's a slime ball who makes terrible decisions off the field. Okay. And in a best case scenario, that's still solicitation. Yeah, I'm I'm not even gonna get I'm, I'm just not saying, even gonna like, get into that. There's still criminal charges that come up in that best case scenario ninety percent of the time. Got it. Got it. You probably know more about that than I do. And I made that. To I'm move, not going to go off that insinuation, but yeah. no, no, that came, that excuse me, that came that came out wrong, Paul. Uh, no, that, I mean the well, legal. Damn, ter- Just the throw legal, that out there. The legal terms. Yeah, no, oh, it, it, it's, it's know just, those legal terms. It's anyway, just true. It, it's it's which crime is he admitting to right now? Right, right, exactly. And so let's let's get past that there. Obviously, there are risks associated with this. And to me, reckless and irresponsible risks if you're going to take those on for the Miami Dolphins. So so a team that is who offensively has screwed up every personnel decision over the last three years, just tripping over one coffee table after another uh, in terms of these decisions. Now, when the stakes have never been higher and they've never been more desperate, and they're going to pull off one of the biggest, most controversial trades in NFL history without a hitch, without missing a detail. Somehow, I don't think so. So here's what here's where I'm at now, Paul. OK, just over the last couple of weeks, really, since this past Sunday, when the Dolphins lost to the Jaguars, I am a I am a Tua Tungavailoa fan the rest of the way. He's the only one in this organization, quite frankly, that I really want to dominate the rest of the way. Of course, you've got players on this team who are playing hard. Some of them are going to be part of the future. Brian Flores and Chris Greer, they're done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with them, okay? Done. And the rest of the year, barring a complete 180 on the season that would have to start with a win over the Falcons this weekend, Tua is the one I'm pointing at and saying, this guy has been done wrong since he's been in Miami. Yeah, and I know they've tried to do him right, but not all the things ring true as intelligent moves uh, as far as that goes, especially when you look at the whole offensive coordinator debacle, not just this year, but last year as well. Uh, You know, it's... You design your offense last year after drafting two and planning to put him in around Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you get... Chan Galian, who makes no secret out of the fact that he's the biggest Ryan Fitzpatrick fan on the planet. Like, that man is going to basically get Madden 27 in, in, in a few years or whatever number they're up to for that. And he's going to design 
Ryan Fitzpatrick to put on any team that he puts out, out there. Like it, it, that's just who he is. It, it's he, he could get the Tampa Bay Bucks and he's putting freaking Ryan Fitzpatrick on there and, and cutting Brady. Like it's it, that's and and then this year you go okay. Charlie Fry likes Tua. Um, it, we're going to let him call the plays, even though we have two offensive coordinators. But they're going to, which was this, reported by Dave Hyde mm-hmm. uh, this this past week that the first four, first four weeks. weeks of the season uh, that Charlie Fry was actually calling the plays in, not the two offensive coordinators you hired. Right, and, and basically, what an organization! By all reports, the two offensive coordinators basically just sat over on the bench by themselves discussing what plays they would run. Like, like it's just like so. You just got this quarterbacks coach going ah. You like me, so I'm gonna call this stuff. Like, you know, and he's just calling what he, what he wants, regardless of what these guys are saying off behind him, and and that's just broken. Like, it, it's broken. Like, if you're gonna do that, just make Charlie Fry the offensive coordinator and make those guys quality control or some other BS. Like, it, it's it's so broken, and then the play calling was so bad. Like, there's there's a here's plays, here's what I know. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, f- finish your point there. And I'm, I'm... The, the, there's a few plays where basically it was just a broken scenario where I'm really hopeful with Jacoby Brissett. Like, if Fry's calling the plays and Brissett's the quarterback and you only have Fry calling the plays because he loves nose to a... Why would you have him call him for Brissett? Have one of your other three geniuses because there are plays that I have to imagine Jacoby Brissett just got the play call wrong through the headset. They're, like... Because there's no way Charlie Fry should ever call to play again after that safety in the Raiders game. I agree with that. And if your decision is for Fry to call the plays, Charlie Fry should be your offensive coordinator and get rid of the other two guys. I mean, this is these are things that, you know, when I was 15 and I started watching football, you know, religiously, I, I thought, oh, yeah, having one offensive coordinator is a good idea. Dolphins said, no, no, we're going to cram as many people into that room as we can. And we're going to have them duke it out for the plays. Okay. So if, if, let me go back, Paul, to to April 2020, when the Dolphins made to uh, the fifth overall pick in the draft. What if I had told you from that point, this is what's going to happen. In his rookie year, the Dolphins are going to start him before he's ready. They're going to pull Ryan Fitzpatrick after winning two games where the Dolphins outscored their opponents 61 to 17. Then after Tua shows a lot of promise uh you know right after be uh right after that that game against the arizona cardinals where he looked like a star and then the next game where he is he has a solid game and a win over the chargers uh against justin herbert and 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 beating the chargers there the next game when the dolphins have won five in a row they're going to pull him in the fourth quarter of the broncos game and then they're going to pull him again later in the year um, they're not going to make him team captain the following year. They're going to put him behind the worst offensive line in the league. They're going to surround him with the worst group of running backs in the league. And the Dolphins agree because they abandon the running game in the first quarter every week. They're going to give him four offensive coordinators in two years. And they're going to try and fail to, to uh, replace him with somebody accused of being a sexual predator in an ongoing investigation. If I had told you those things, that that is how they're going to d- develop to a tongue of Iloa, what would you have said? Wow. I mean, that's, 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 it's, it's disgusting. 
It, it, that's that's a textbook for how you develop a young quarterback in the NFL, right there, isn't it? Isn't that like you know the the idiot's guide to developing a quarterback, where it's just like, oh yeah, we got this, let's go. Like, I mean, and and don't get me wrong, you, you need to add to that too that Tua could barely walk at the start of the preseason last year, like. And he had no leg strength in that drive leg for being able to throw the ball. Like start of let's I'll amend that to say start of around draft time that was the case. But you know what? Like they had that little hype video where they show him walk for two seconds on the beach. Like that that's that doesn't scream to me. This guy can run. It's like holy crap, he's walking again. Let's go fifth overall pick. Got it. And, and uh, some people in the chat saying uh, their excuses for Tua. No, it's called reality. Yeah, when yeah. you when you put a quarterback through what I just described, what you're saying is that that same quarterback, what they really should be doing is dragging an absolutely incompetent organization with the most incompetent people running the offense, drag them kicking and screaming to greatness. And the two major points here that I want to say are offensive line and running back where you are the worst in the league in those two areas. Okay. Good luck trying to develop a quarterback with the worst offensive line in the league. And the dolphins have made every wrong decision along the way. So I'm not saying, look, Tua may not be good enough. I've said that from the beginning. I don't think he's, he's, you know, he, he's six foot and a half. He doesn't have the greatest arm. You know, I can see a way where, Hey, he doesn't get any better from this point forward, I can absolutely see that. And I think that there are a lot of Dolphins fans who are so much on the side of Tua that don't really understand how good he needs to become to even be the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the AFC. I mean, let's go down the list here. Four quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert look like superstars. And they're, what, 26 and younger, all of them? They're not going away. Then you've got three of the four first overall picks are three first overall picks in four years, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, who are in the AFC. They're not going anywhere. And then even when you get down to Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill, you're talking about quarterbacks who have Tannehill sickens me to say has 61 touchdowns and 17 picks over the last three years. Carr has 58 touchdowns and 21 picks. You've got to be really good to be Derek Carr. And he's probably the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the AFC. The Dolphins need to improve at the quarterback position, whether it's Tua or whether it's somebody else. And 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 two things from that that I, I want to point out right there. Um, first and foremost, and, and I don't want to dive far into it because uh, I know we got to preview the Falcons game in a few minutes here. But Tua looked good last week. I thought overall, um, he looked improved to me. And, and the two we've gotten back, I, I do like some things that I've seen, even though I'm not saying he's the guy. I've never been the guy that stu- stood up and said two is the, the the quarterback messiah. I've never said that. But he does have very good accuracy, and I thought he made some better decisions last week than we've seen from him. The other thing I want to say there is all of these people saying like, oh, you're making excuses for Tua. You're making excuses for Tua. Guess what? They're the same folks that said the same thing 
when we were talking about Tannehill and his development and, and the yeah. coaching and the, the, the misuse. And suddenly Tannehill goes elsewhere, and they're like, oh, this is just the same old Ryan Tannehill. And then, like, they're like, well, uh, why didn't we keep him? Like, Well, and some of that, uh, yes, I agree with you. I mean, the, to me, there are two reasons Tannehill didn't, didn't work here. Number one, he had Adam Gase and he had Joe Philbin, boneheads. I mean, and bonehead offensive coordinator after another. And then some of it was bad luck, where at the end of his fifth season, he was playing the best football that he had ever played at the end of the 2016 season. Tore his ACL in 2016, tore it again in 2017. 2018, they started off three and two with him. Then he hurt his arm and was out for six weeks. Brock Osweiler came in. And then after that, um, he basically shouldn't have played the rest of the year because he could barely throw the ball. So he's out for over two years. He goes to the Titans. They immediately surrounded with Derrick Henry. He immediately stays healthy. Some of that's bad luck too. I, I get that, but I understand your overall point there. Um, so talking about the Falcons game here, Paul, and I know we're a little crammed for time. Um, I want Tua to go in there and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. And no, I don't think he's going to do that, but I mean, that'd be crazy. Uh, but Last week, he did have a good game against the Jaguars overall. He had an embarrassing interception. He, he missed a few guys that were open deep that he didn't see. But overall, I mean, 320-something yards, two touchdowns. I don't blame him for really anything that happened last week. I mean, if they had won that game 23-20, I would have made two of the star of the game very easily. And this week against the Falcons, you're going up against another really, really bad pass defense, allowing a quarterback rating of 109.5 to opposing quarterbacks. They're also going to be without Dante Fowler, who just went on IR, their their best pass rusher. This is a, even with Fowler in the lineup, this has been one of the worst pass rushing defenses in the NFL. You would hope that this offensive line can at least do a respectable job against a defensive line this bad. Um, but in getting Devonte Parker back too, uh, presumably one week away from getting Will Fuller back. Yeah. The, the, the table is set for Tua to go out there, especially with all this talk going on and him to light it up. Yeah, no, I mean, you look down the quarterback ratings that, that they've allowed this year. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady had almost a 130 quarterback rating, but Taylor Heineke with that 127.1 Jalen hurts. 126.4 um, Daniel Jones who's been figuring it out still still threw up a 90 for a quarterback rating the only negative quarterback rating really was a 63 from Zach Wilson who seems barely able to hit I mean his only saving grace is that he's barely able to hit a defender as well as a, an offensive player at times um, yeah and, and, yeah Zach Wilson's horrific um and still threw up a 63 rating. So if that if the Tua that showed up last week shows up this week, he should be able to push that ball downfield. You should be able to tear apart their secondary with Gasicki, uh, with getting Mac Hollins involved like they did last week. I really, really like Mac Hollins and Jalen Hurt, uh, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Waddle being on the same side of the field together in that little stack that they were running last week. The two of them seem to play very well off each other. Um, so, yeah, and it sounds like I think we're getting Devontae Parker back this week. It, so, it, it sounds like it, yeah. Um, 
And speaking of Jalen Waddle, if he is in the slot, he is likely going to be matched up with Richie Grant, Paul's draft darling at the safety spot, who he wanted to draft as as the first safety when they took Javon Holland. And he's I I'm not he's played pretty well for him, I think. Um Holland's been right now a pretty good pick too. Um and then on offense uh, for the for, for the uh for the Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Don't say oh. 19 targets over the last two weeks. He had nine catches for 119 yards on a touchdown against the Jets in London when they played last. Falcons were on a bye week last week. Um, and it looks like Eric Rowe is going to not only be not the tight end eraser, but replaced largely by Brandon Jones. So that'll be a fascinating matchup there to watch. And Matt Ryan, over the last three games, granted he's played really bad pass defenses, played the Jets, the Giants, and believe in Washington. So really three of the worst you can find, but still 85 for 123, 69.1% completion percentage, 868 yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. So Matt Ryan has been playing very well over the last three games. You mean the three games where Kyle Pitts emerged? Uh, I'd say two of those he, he emerged, but yes. Yeah. They, he on. also didn't have Calvin Ridley either. So he's coming back this week, missed a week with a personal issue. Calvin Ridley had over 1,300 yards last year. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it does say something when Kyle Pitts emerges and suddenly um, Matt Ryan looks better. So, I mean, it, you shut down Kyle Pitts in this game, it's going to be a huge, huge help for the defense. I mean, and, and let's face it, we we need Tua to light it up this week. 400 yards doesn't feel out of the question. Five touchdowns does from him, if that makes any kind of sense. Well, 400 is, is high for anyone, and so is five touchdowns. Yeah, but Miami doesn't uh, run the ball. Don't forget that. So. Oh, yeah. So maybe if he throws the ball 60 times, he will. No, I, no I'm, not, I'm not predicting 400 yards or five touchdowns, but I think to a – I don't even – I said, tweeted this earlier, I don't even want to see him smile in pregame warm-ups. I want him to be all business, and I want him to shut everybody up, at least for this week, to the point where the Dolphins don't take this catastrophic – risk at the quarterback position with Deshaun Watson, which is currently being reported. Um, and on the offensive side of the ball, too, Mike Kosicki, gosh, get him under contract as soon as possible. And if not, you better franchise tag him for next year where he'll probably get $13 million. And look, Kosicki's going to get a contract somewhere five years, $75 million in that range. He's going to get a lot of money when he gets paid, which goes back to the Dolphins' offensive coaching staff. Paul, do you want to guess, just throw out a, a percentage, Mike Kosicki's been healthy all year. What percentage of plays do you think he has been on the field this year? 27. No. <laughs> 27? It seems like it. It um, does. Six, 64.5%. And he only has been on the field 40 more snaps than Durham Spice. Um, and in comparison, if you look at and look, I'm not saying he's as good or he's in the league of Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, but you look at those two players, Travis Kelsey is on the field 80, over 85% of the time. And in one game, the Chiefs were blowing a team out. That's why he wasn't on the field more. Darren Waller's on the field 89.5% of the time. Mike Kosicki, 64.5%. One out of every three, more than one out of every three plays, they are taking Mike Kosicki off the field. 
I mean, I, I just don't know what to do with that level of stupidity. Oh, I could live with it if they were doing it in a way where he'd come off for a play or two, and then you go out and you just hit, hit the home run with him because, like, it's you see them panic because they line him up because even when he's out there, he's not being utilized most of the time, and that's that's why it feels like twenty seven percent. It's you know. 90% of the time it's on, he's on the field, it feels like he, he could just run wherever he wants to with no one covering him, and they're not going to throw it to him anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it, it's... Uh. Yeah, so the Dolphins are also getting likely Devontae Parker back. He's going to be matched up probably with A.J. Terrell, which is a which is a really good matchup because Terrell is out of that cornerback class from 2020 with Jeff Akuda, C.J. Henderson, Noah Igbenogany, Jeff Gladney. By default, he's by far the best guy drafted out of that group um not saying much but that'll be a good matchup i think where the dolphins need to take advantage here is with jalen waddle in the slot against richie grant who even though um you know is is a promising player to cannot match with Waddle's speed but to and do that the, yeah he's still a rookie and and waddle is too and uh waddle had 13 targets last week 10 catches for 70 yards please get this guy deep and now that two is has shown the willingness to throw the ball downfield. I think he will in this one. Um, so, Paul, well, let's uh, let's get to let's get to those uh, predictions here for the Dolphins versus Falcons game. Forty-one days since the Dolphins have won. Do you see them coming out ahead? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down twenty-seven, twenty-four, Miami. Um, I think it's going to turn into one of the weirdest aerial battles ever in this game um, where Miami uses their deep threat in short yardage yet again and pushes the ball up the field to guys like Smythe while you've got Gasicki standing there with his arms out like, dude, <laughs> I'm right here. Uh, I think Mac Collins is going to have a big week this week, though. I really do. I, on this show... It's very rare that I predict the Dolphins to win a game where they're underdogs, uh, as, as people have, who have listened typically know. I am predicting the Dolphins win this game 42-17. to 17. Ooh. Tua comes out, guns a-blazing, and the wide receivers are a massive mismatch against the Falcons' defensive backs, and the Falcons can't pressure Tua in this game enough for it to matter. I I see the Dolphins breaking out in this game. It's not reflective of what we've seen the last five weeks. But I think Tua is going to come out with something to prove in this one. Like his career is on the line with the Miami Dolphins because it might be when you take a look at these rumors that are swirling with Deshaun Watson. So it'll be fascinating and we will be here on Sunday night We've got all the technical difficulties worked out, uh, so we are good to go on that. Paul, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Nah, man. I'm excited. Hopefully we get that win this week. God, we have to. <laughs> I don't know how much more yelling I can do. I don't know how many how many more adjectives of incompetence I can say on the show well, toward the Dolphins. That, that Actually, the other thing I'll add to is I hope one way or another this Deshaun Watson crap gets put to bed. I mean, I can't wait for November 2nd just so, you know, feast or famine, this stuff is done till the end of the season. Listen, when in February, before the accusations um, toward Watson started, 
I said there is very little I would not give up for Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback of the Dolphins. That has changed with the with these legal issues, as well as I can no longer say that I am confident that this is a championship level defense. Just get Deshaun Watson in there and everything will be fine. Our coaching can make Watson look bad anyway. Talent-wise, I think Watson has the ability to transcend a terrible coaching staff. I think he would just ignore the coaching staff and move on. I just pictured Charlie Fry calling these stupid-ass plays into Deshaun Watson and seeing him in middle field, like, look back and go, what? (laughs) What? Imagine telling Deshaun... Time Imagine out. telling Deshaun Watson when he comes in, he's got to he's got to answer to three offensive coordinators. He's going to say, <laughs> "I don't answer to one." So, as well as just, other, as well as other authority figures. So, uh, seeing Deshaun on the friggin' sidelines or out on the field with that stupid play call in the Raiders game, and I know I keep going back to that one, but it was just the most egregious bit of coaching I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, and as somebody that survived Cam Cameron, Adam Gase, etc., that's saying a lot. But just. I'm just picturing Deshaun Watson in the huddle when they call that play, looking at everybody going, no, hold on, hold on, time out. I, I got to go talk to this guy. Like, it's just, yeah. what? Yep, 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 yep. Um, so we'll see. And uh, we'll be here uh, Sunday night to yell at this. If, oh, uh, uh, here's my other prediction, my, other, my negative prediction. Uh, Matt Ryan gets hurt. Josh Rosen comes in and uh, takes down the Dolphins. 17 to 10. That's my. <laughs> and both touchdowns are to Kyle Pitts. Yes. And Richie Grant has two picks. That's uh, a. <laughs> Dolphins continue to find more creative ways to uh, to disappoint us. So hopefully it doesn't happen. That's going to wrap up our show here. And by, by the way, I'm sticking with my first prediction. But I was just making a joke with the second one. That's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins versus Falcons matchup and the ongoing Deshaun Watson news. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as finfanatic.com and the fan-sided network and if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side it is on the fin side (sighs) the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house make it even better by entering your license plate or vin and getting a real offer in minutes there really is no place like home And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.